I love to talk. Does that make me a storyteller? I love to post on social media. Does that make me a writer? I love to post stories on Insta, FB, and TikTok. Does that make me a video expert? Hmm. How many ways do I need to share my message? We talking about leadership communication, public speaking, storytelling motivation. And if you listen, you can speak out to the nation. If you think about it, life is your own creation. RK3 is the show. He speaks with confidence. He speaks with that flow. And you should already know how it goes. They're rolling with a pro. The RK3 show. It's the RK3 show. I'm Robert Kennedy the third RK3. That's me. And here we go with episode 64. The last couple episodes have been a bit heavy, huh? Yeah, well, we needed to do that. We had to address some stuff, and I have a feeling we need to do a little bit more. So we'll get there shortly, but I wanted to start out today by simply shouting out some of my listeners. Jill Goldman, Adrian B., Eric J., Rebecca C., Alex B., Carla S., Carla C., Mary M., David H., Ryan S. Listen, thanks so much for listening and sharing your thoughts with me via email or via voicemail. If you want to send me a voicemail message, send it to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Not send it, visit. Go to go to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. As a matter of fact, I wanted to share a message from listener Rebecca Clark. I asked the question, what are some of the things that you're learning about yourself during this time? Hi, this is Rebecca Clark from moveyourdesk.com. I am surprised that I'm learning so much from reading past journals lately. I'm usually listening to podcasts and reading books, and yet I'm reading my past journals with an eye to learn more about myself and find the trends in my thinking and look at the choices I made and how I can learn from these toward moving forward. And it's amazingly eye-opening. I realized I had a lot of mind churn, thinking the same thoughts over and over. I also would seek answers and not see them right in front of me. I was just unsatisfied with my answers. It was like I was looking beyond for something else, not realizing what I needed was right in front of me. And I also recognized that I was not fully present a lot. I was seeking so much, which is a good thing in so many ways, but I never fully embraced and had gratitude for the moment that I was in. And that kind of ties in with why I didn't see the answers that were right in front of me, right? I was seeking so much that I forgot to sit still and pay attention. What's really hard is to see where I hesitated and didn't take the risks in relationships and opportunities that were around me and what was lost in not being able to do that. I shirked, I hesitated, and I want to be different going forward as a result of these insights. That was awesome, Rebecca. Go ahead and check out what Rebecca's doing over at her site, moveyourdesk.com. For the rest of you, my listeners, I'd love to play your message on an upcoming podcast. Here's a question that you can answer for me. What is something you were led to believe as a child that you found out later wasn't true? What is something you were led to believe as a child that you found out later wasn't true? Go ahead to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail and leave me a message with your answer. I'll play some of them on an upcoming episode. Today's guest is Brian Dixon. Brian loves to assure people that their message matters. He does this through helping authors, speakers, and aspiring messengers 
create a sustainable business and create online courses. Let's get connected with Brian. My man, Brian, how you doing today? RK3, what's up, man? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I love it. Thanks so much for having me, man. I can't, I can't wait to dive in. I want, yeah. I want people listening right now to know that they do not have to be stuck in their miserable job. Wow. They can start a business they love. They can live a life that they love, and I'm here to help. Wow. Wow. And so that is an important message. There are so many people who are working and, and I'm just at that age yeah. where we believed our parents taught us, right? That we had to you go to college, you get a job and you do that forever. Right? Yes. And it's not true anymore. Right. It's right. not true. I have coached so many people over the last year, two, two years in their fifties. Wow. I got laid off like from public education, you know, from universities, from places that others would say they're secure uh, and they just got laid off. And now what do you do? And I'm saying now is the time to finally come alive and to become the speaker, the author, the online entrepreneur that you've been dreaming about, but you haven't gotten pushed out of the nest. And that's the best time to learn how to fly is once you're fallen. (laughs) Yeah. So here's this Brian Dixon fellow and he is telling people that they've got this message to share, right? They, they, they know that there's something in there, but they don't really know how to craft it, how to get it out. And most of all, how to make money from it. Right. So how did you know that that was your calling? That was your thing to help people get their message out. Oh, it was like this internal uh, ache, just this longing for something more Mm -hmm. and, and, and knowing that, you know, at at the time when I really discovered that, that I can make a living online, I was a middle school um, video editing teacher. Wow. So I was teaching kids how to edit videos. And, and I, I, I saw people starting to do like online things like podcasting was just coming up. So I'm like, okay, I get podcasting and you could have a sponsorship kind right. of thing. But, um, we were visiting family, uh, on the East coast. We were living in San Diego. So we're, we're, we're over in New Jersey visiting family for Christmas. And, um, long story short there, my 11 year old cousin had just gotten a brand new computer for Christmas. And he also, they renovated the basement. And so now he had his own brand new room by himself in the basement with a computer. And to top it all off, the computer had internet access. Right. And my family was so excited. It was like the Christmas present of all Christmas presents. You know, he's a big boy. He's got his own space and, uh, and he has a brand new computer, but the teacher in me knew something was wrong. Wow. And so we all went back upstairs and uh, for Christmas dinner, you know, everybody's sitting around and I just had this feeling, right? This, this inside of my soul, like there's something wrong. This just kind of gut feeling. I wasn't a parent yet, but, but I, now I would describe it as sort of like that, that dad sort of inner voice, you know, yeah. like something's going on. And, uh, and so I excused myself, like I got up to like go fill up my tea or whatever. And yeah. I walked downstairs, I snuck downstairs I went over to his computer, 11-year-old cousin's computer, and I pressed one button on the computer. What button do you think I pressed? Delete. I pressed the history button. Oh, boy. On the, on the internet browser. Yeah, we yeah. should have pressed delete, right? The, the history <laughs> button. And yeah. Robert, what I found shocked me. Yeah. You know, we know in 2020 what you'd find, but, yep. but this is this 13 years ago. You know, 13 yeah. years ago, people didn't know that pornography is so easy to to access and so there we discovered 
way to ruin Christmas, right? Right. Now, now my family is stuck in the drama of like how to prevent your kid from looking at pornography. How do you deal with the outcome of that? And, uh, and so we flew home to San Diego, basically ruined Christmas, flew home, and on the way home from the airport, went to the Barnes & Noble, walked up to the, the bearded gentleman at the bookstore, and I said, um, where's your internet safety section? And he kind of laughed at me. He's like, we, we don't have an internet safety section. He brought me to like the computer coding section. Yeah. And I, looked, I looked at every book on the shelf and I could not find one book that taught parents how to keep their kids safe on the internet. Wow. And I really believe that your mess is your message. That's right. And what you've been through is not for you, it's for somebody else. So they don't have to go through it as hard as you have. Yeah. So what we then did, my wife and I, is we spent the next couple months talking to parents learning what are their tips, what are their questions they have about internet safety. And we spent spring break, instead of like instead of going to the beach every day, we spent it in a classroom filming our first online digital product, wow. which was called The Internet and Your Kids, Healthy Habits for a Safe Online Home. It was a 20-minute DVD. It taught five tips to keep your kids safe on the internet. And it was sort of just scratching our own itch. You know, it was just, yeah. it was for parents of our students because both of us were teachers. And because and I couldn't figure out how to, how to get a DVD printed, I'd heard something, this, I heard about this thing called CreateSpace, which later got bought by Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And it was a way to uh, get your DVD at the time. It wasn't even streaming video on Amazon. So I loaded it up, you know, got it all going. I ordered like five copies so I could hand them out. And I started doing some workshops, just in-person right. workshops, thinking that was it. And then I got my first check from Amazon. Oh, boy. It turns out there was a Catholic diocese, like all the Catholic schools in the New Orleans area. So I'm in San Diego. I don't know anybody in Louisiana. Some, one of the, one of the uh, nuns in the New Orleans area went on Amazon, typed in internet safety, found my DVD, and she bought it for a hundred of her schools. Wow. So I got a check for over $800 for my royalty. Yeah. And I, that's the light bulb moment that I could take something that was obvious to me but it was magic to other people. And I can do it in a way that's completely ethical. It yeah. fits my faith. I don't have to become a cartoon version of myself. I can just be a teacher, but make a little bit of side income. And that was the light bulb moment for me. Yeah. So you, you've got this thing that you become passionate about for some reason. Yes. Right. And then you, you, you put it online and, and you, you've got this out, out there. How did you know then, you know, what, what was next or what was it that made you so passionate that you're like, geez, I can't keep this to myself. I've got to do something. Yes. You know, it took me a few more years. Okay. Because it was so new. You know, I, I, was an, I was a teacher. My dad was a college professor for, I don't know, 40, 40 years or 35 years or whatever it was. Yeah. So I just was raised in, you get it. Like you said, you get a job and you're in that job. So I, I was a teacher. I'm like, I might be a school administrator one day, but, but that's my path is just, yeah. I will always be in education. The dream would be like to teach at a university. That would be the big, big goal. Yeah. And it took me a, a long time but I'd, I'd speak at conferences about internet or about the future of a future of education. And, uh, and in my off time as a, as a speaker, when you're at a conference, I would find myself always kind of popping into the sessions on marketing, yeah. or the sessions on public relations or the sessions on, um, communication. And I, I went, wait a second, this is what I'm actually interested in. So I started listening to podcasts on marketing. I started taking courses on marketing and, and I realized that, um, 
something I'm really passionate about is helping other people tell their stories. And right. I did it as a teacher, you know, cause I, I taught kids how to make videos online and, and how to uh, write essays. I started out as an English teacher, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't until I started hearing stories of how somebody overcame their divorce, you know, mm. how somebody, what, one of my, one of my favorite clients from many years ago, you know, he's a youth speaker, but he had, he had struggled with um, uh, suicide attempts and he was passionate about helping uh, kids literally not kill themselves, you know, like right. teenage suicide prevention. And he didn't know how to make a DVD or how to make an online course. He was just a speaker. But I realized that if I can help him mm-hmm. uh, take his content and put it online, then we can help thousands of kids stay alive. So that, that for me is, has always been the catalyst is realizing that we've all been through some really hard things. Yeah. But those hard things can actually be some of the foundational teaching to help somebody else. Why do you think that a lot of people are scared of that? I mean, one of the things that you said earlier is that your mess is your message, right? But so many of us, we're inside of it. And because right. we're living it, we don't feel like it matters or nobody else is going to listen to it. Why do you think that exists? Oh, so much there. I think, I think number one, they call it the imposter syndrome. So yeah. we just feel like, oh, I'm, I would be fake. You know, I, I, like, who am I, right? Who am I to be a teacher? Who, who am I to be a speaker? Who am I to be a course creator? Right? Who yeah. am I to be a keynote speaker at a conference? Um, but, but the thing is, it's not about you. It's for the people in that room. Right. And if you think about it that way, you know, if you had a time machine and you could go back three years and you, you like a vision from the future. You could go back three years and you could say, so we're, yeah. we're recording this in 2020, right? So if you go yeah. back to 2017, think about where you were stuck and imagine that you from three years in the future came back and said, Robert, don't do this one thing, right? You know? or do that one thing, but do it twice as, twice as big. Right. You'd be like, oh, this is amazing. I, I had no idea. And that's what we do as, as teachers. It's not mm-hmm. that we're trying to be the guru who knows everything. Right. All we're trying to do, I call it the little nephew test or the little niece test. Imagine your little nephew said, you know, Robert I, or Uncle Robert, I want to start a podcast. Right. You're helping your nephew. You're not, you're not saying you're going to be the podcast guru of all time and the world's most leading, you know, whatever, but you can help your, your, your family member. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. You know, my, my avatar, my, my ideal client is Cheryl. And Cheryl is a 35-year-old mom she wants to have her book in a bookstore. That's like her dream. Yeah. And, and uh, she, does, she gets overwhelmed. She doesn't know how do you get a book published. She doesn't know how to grow her following online. She doesn't really know what her message is. She has, really struggles with self-doubt. She really struggles with the tech. Uh, but every Thursday afternoon, she takes the afternoon, husband picks up the kids, and she goes to her favorite coffee shop, and she works on her blog. Right. And she's there for about 10 minutes before she gets a notification on her phone, gets distracted, goes and checks Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever she's checking. And yeah. as she's scrolling through, she's like comparison, you know, she sees all these beautiful pictures and all these people hanging out on beaches and killing it online and just doing a great job. And she says, I don't think I have what it takes. Wow. And then as she's scrolling, she sees one post from Brian Dixon. <laughs> maybe she's never even seen me before. You know, the algorithm was showed, showed me to her or maybe one of my Facebook ads. And I encourage her or give her a little instruction or, um, or, or just a little inspiration to keep going. Yeah. You know, that's, that's who I help is, is I help Cheryl, that, that mom who wants to grow her online following and, and get a book in a bookstore. And I think each of us have a Cheryl, each of us have somebody who's, 
maybe three years, not necessarily younger, but like three years less experienced than us right. in our worlds. And what's obvious to us now is magic to her, but we took three years to learn it. Imagine yeah. if you could turn to her and take three minutes on an Instagram live, right. you know, or three minutes on a Facebook post and say, Hey, instead of wasting three years, what if you just did this thing and it took you 10 minutes? Like that would be completely worth that attention. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Have you ever wondered why some people are able to be remembered so easily? Have you ever thought about why they are associated with certain experiences? Well, it's because they repeat those experiences regularly. They have what is called a signature story. And guess what? You have one too. You might not know how to find it or tell it yet, but you have one. Here's what I want you to do. Sign up for my free five-day email course and learn how to discover your signature story so that you can tell it, create impact, improve your influence, and even enhance your brand. Sign up for the five-day signature story email course. Check the show notes for the link. And now, back to the show. So let's get practical for Cheryl. Cheryl is is in your face and Cheryl is like, Brian, I've got this message that I've got to share now. I've got, I've, I've, I, I got to get it out into the world. What are the first three things that you tell Cheryl to do? Oh, that's great. I love that question. You know, the first, the first thing I'd actually do is, is, is ask somebody to read her label. Mm. Because we're in the bottle right now, right? You, you've actually, somebody told me this a few months ago and it's really stuck with me. You've never seen yourself. The only people, the only person that's ever seen you is someone else. You've only seen a reflection of yourself. Wow. And so we're putting out all this stuff into the world, you know, just the way that we walk into a room, the way that we talk, the way that we show up, the things we talk about. Um, and it's hard for us to sort of uh, assess what, what's valuable and what's not. And so the first step is actually asking other people to give us their feedback. It's really simple. I get my coaching clients to do it all the time. Yeah. You go on your Facebook profile right now. I found Facebook is the best one, not the page, but the profile. So your personal profile where your friends hang out mm-hmm. and you just say, you know, weird question. I was listening to a podcast. You can even give Robert a shout out. I was listening to Robert's, <laughs> Robert's podcast and he, and the guy that on there asked me to ask this question. So here's the question. What am I great at? Wow. You know, what am I great at? And you can even say like in parentheses, seriously, I really want to know, just type below. Like, what am I great at? And what will happen is people from elementary school, you know, your 93-year-old grandmother, like just people in your life will like fill up your comment section with all the things that they see in you. And it might not be what you expect. Like you might be wanting to teach, you know, I don't know, personal development, but they all are really in awe of how you show up as a dad. Wow. And you're like, I had no idea that my parenting style is something that people are really attracted to. Maybe I should have a little course for dads. So that's a really good first place to start. Awesome. What's next? So so we've got a, you get feedback. Yes. And you're saying that not just get it so that you can think you can pat yourself on the back, but this is an opportunity for you to create a course you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Right. Okay. So, so, the, so the second one is to start a coaching group. Gotcha. First of all, you can actually make some money starting a coaching group. Um, a lot of people want to start with an online course. I love online courses, but mm-hmm. I don't recommend an online course until you've done your coaching group a couple times. 
Because in a coaching group, what you're doing is you're walking with a small group of people. Usually, yeah. usually the way it works is like once a week. So Monday nights at eight o'clock, I'm starting a coaching group. And so it would sound like this, another Facebook post, you know, yeah. um, thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, many of you said that you really love the way I show up as a dad. And so what I'd love to do is I'd love to walk alongside and mentor 12 dads. So if you know a dad who could use a little bit of encouragement, send me a private message. So that's, yeah. that's the post. Now you'll get all these private messages from people that you've never even met. It's the craziest thing. So you take all those private messages and you write them back and you say, here's the deal. I'm starting this coaching group. It's going to be you know, every Monday night for six weeks. Right. It starts on this date. It ends on this date. And I only charge, you always say only, I only charge this much. Right. And my rule is you, the, the lowest you can charge is $37. Okay. Right. So $37, but I, I mean, I've charged for coaching groups, I've charged as much as $697. So somewhere in there, but 50 bucks, 100 bucks, something like that. And, uh, and here's the thing, when people pay, they pay attention. <laughs> if yeah. you do a free group, nobody's going to show up. They'll show up for one week and they'll give up. But when yeah. they pay, they actually expect results. And so they're going to show up. So then every Monday night for, for you know, six Mondays at eight o'clock at night, you show up and you just teach the best you can. You answer their questions Say, well, what questions do you guys have about, about being a dad? And, and right. they'll say. And then you answer their questions. And then what I do after that, this is step three, you answer their questions in the coaching group. And then as you start to pay attention to their questions, you, you, you will realize to yourself, you'll say, you know what? Um, this could be a little training. This could be a little five-minute training. This could, mm-hmm. be a, you know, this could be a little training. And then what you do is between those Q&A times, so like if you did Q&A on Monday nights, Sometime during the week, you make yeah. three or four videos, little encouragement. You might call them a lesson, three or four little lessons, and you share that with the group. So it feels right. like a bonus, and that's the seeds of your course. That's the yeah. seeds of your book idea. That's the seeds of your keynote, but it starts with answering real people's questions. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got this, I mean, it seems like you've got this, this, I don't want to use the word funnel, but you've got this path that you're, that you're taking people down. And a lot of people are not familiar with, or they're scared of that process because it requires kind of being a little bit naked online. It it (laughs) requires you being, admitting that, you're not always 100% sure of your greatness, right? And of course, you've got all these other gurus. So what what message do you share with your coaching clients to help them pass that fear of being naked? Oh, that's good. So yeah, it is is vulnerable to put yourself out there online, for sure. Um, Two two points that come to mind. Number, Number one is... Uh, vulnerability attracts audience. Vulnerability mm-hmm. attracts attention. You know, the more the more that I deeply share where I am right now, and especially what I've walked through, you know, right. what I what I've worked through, the more there's a personal connection. So, I mean, I've talked about some really heavy subjects online, um, like you know, having financial struggles, like like dealing with pornography. You know, like yeah. these are really heavy topics, and yet it builds up affinity, right? It builds up trust. Uh, and it's not manipulative. It's true. Right. Uh, but I found that if my story can help somebody, then I'm willing to sacrifice maybe a little embarrassment or a little judgment. Um, Cause what I found is the people that are judging your story, they're never going to pay you a dollar anyway. 
Right. right? They're never going to work with you anyway. They're never going to hire you to come speak at their conference or coach you. And, and so what I'm willing to do, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a, I'm a, uh, believer, a Christian believer. And there's a story of, of that Christ teaches about leaving the 99 sheep to go yeah. find the one. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my mindset. It's like when I put something on, on Facebook that there might be 99 people that skip past it, but I'm not posting it for them. Right. I'm posting for that one person who's like way off on their own, kind of has a broken leg, can't make it back to the flock yeah. and they're stuck. And maybe they're stuck because they're, you know, they've been trying to work on this website and they're just so overwhelmed. And I, and I, I say, you know, if you're, if you're looking at building your website, you might want to ch- try my favorite tool. And I kind of explain what that tool is. Right. Most people are like skipping by it, but that one person, it's worth it for them. So that's kind of the mindset shift is just think about who is uh, one of my friends, uh, Chad Cannon. He says, some will, some won't, but some will. <laughs> and that's right. the point, right? You know, yeah. some, some will resonate. There's a lot of people that won't, but the one person that does, it's worth a little bit of embarrassment or a little bit of putting yourself out there because it's going to help that one person. Yeah. So you've talked about blogging a little bit. You've talked about Facebook. You've talked yeah. about, and, and this message that I've got to share, I've got it. And there are a lot of different ways that I can share it. Yes. What are some of the ways or some of the places that you may tell people to start out? I love it. Well, you go where the eyeballs are, right? right? It's like, if you want to have a conversation, go where people are hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. So go find, find the party. Um, the party right now in 2020 is actually a pretty new platform, pretty new social media platform, especially for people that are over 30. Uh, <laughs> you, it's going to freak them TikTok, out. ain't you? That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. I love TikTok. Okay. The first time I used TikTok, I thought it was for like 11-year-old girls dancing. Right. You know? Because I used to teach middle school and, you know, it's just once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher, right? So, right. so even like going through the mall or like seeing kids at church and they're making their own TikToks, I'm like, oh, that's just for, for little kids or whatever, for middle school kids. Yeah. Uh, but what happens, what's so interesting about TikTok different than any other platform is it's com- from the beginning, it's completely recommendation based. Mm. It's like Netflix. Like imagine, yeah. you know how Netflix works when you, you, you log in and it gives you everything. Right. And then as you start to click around and watch a bunch of stuff a week or two later, it starts recommending things that are perfect for you. Right. And, um, but, but, but then you log into, you know, we did an Airbnb, you know, we were traveling and we logged in and they had somebody else's Netflix already on the screen. Yeah. And all the recommendations were weird. They were in Spanish actually. Right. You know? And so that's what TikTok feels like when you first log in, it feels like somebody else's Spanish Netflix account. Uh, <laughs> but what you do then is you change those, you know, you change some of the preferences yeah. and, and, and TikTok knows this right away. So it's, it's, you know, it's basically like an Instagram story. It's videos that automatically play. And, yeah. and as you flip through them, vertically flip through them, when you stop and watch one, uh, TikTok notices and they go, Oh, he want Robert wants more of that. And right. you keep going and then you find another one you like, and you're like, Oh, he hit the little heart. Oh, Robert really likes that one. And then you keep flicking through. So it takes about 30 minutes total for TikTok to kind of figure out what you like. Yeah. And after it does, it just gives you the most delicious meals possible. It's wow. the best thing ever. Wow. So, and, and you're one of the first people that has recommended that, but it always kind of gets there because most social media platforms start out as very niche for a small group of people, young people, college kids, and then eventually the business is kind of getting there. I mean, Snapchat 
started out not right. for businesses. That's right. <laughs> and now, uh, you know, you've got all of those different things there. So let's, let's wrap with this, man. Let's wrap with this question. We, we've talked a lot about stories and, and, and messages. You are a, a speaker yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is the biggest thing? What is the thing that you do to really make your message stick? I love that. I go second. Wow. Okay. I never want to be the first speaker. Wow. So I'll get to the conference early and I will sit in the audience and I will talk to the people around me. Uh-huh. I'll say, um, what, uh, what would make it worth your whole trip? Like mm. what one takeaway would make it worth your whole trip? Like where, yeah. basically I'm asking like, where are you stuck right now? So there's always a reason somebody signs up to come to the conference. And generally they kind of have their arms crossed until the ROI, you know, they're kind of like, okay, you go ahead, speaker boy. Like, you, you know, ed- entertain me. <laughs> Tell me a funny story. They're not coming for a funny story. They're coming because they have an actual problem in their real life. Yeah. And often it's a personal problem. It's not a business problem because I believe all business problems are personal problems. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the way that we interact with a colleague. It's the way that we find new customers. It's the way that we deal with our boss. It's a, it's a personal problem. So as I'm sitting there, I listen and I take the slides that I already submitted to the conference a month ago, and then I go make friends with the tech person, and I say, can I change my slides? <laughs> and then I'll make a few updates, yeah. and, and ideally, I'm going like the second day, and then I have some real stories. So I can say, you know, I was, I was speaking with somebody here who's really struggling with X. Can right. anyone relate to that? And then all of a sudden, all the hands go up, and it's almost like I'm reading their mail. They're like, how right. did he know? We've never met him before. It's because I, I do that reconnaissance, right? I do that research as yeah. soon as I get there. So that's why I love to go second. That's my number one advice for speakers is don't be first. Remember, you're not, you're not there to share your message. You're there to help them with theirs. Wow, that's gold, man. The, tell us where we can find out a little bit more about you and connect with you to get some more of the goodness that you got going on. I love it. Yeah, find me on TikTok. well i'm brian dixon so you can find me on all the socials probably instagram i'm finding most people that's still that's still kind of the first point of connection we post on there three times a day my name is brian j dixon on instagram and what i love is uh you know, for you listening to this podcast from Robert, send me a little message, you know, you can, uh, you can hit the direct message on Instagram. Just tell me, you know, I heard you, I heard you on Robert's show and then whatever your question is, or, or if there's some uh, takeaway and what I love about Instagram is it has that little microphone button. So you can send a voice message. You don't even have to type anything. I promise I'll write you back. We'll continue the conversation from there. Just how important is your story? So important that you're required to find multiple ways to get it out there. I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. First, I always encourage you to tell your story, but I want to encourage you also to get some help with telling it. Too often, we get discouraged because we're not clear on how we can best tell our story, and then it stays untold. But today, if you want to tell it through a course, get help. If you want to tell it through a book, get help. If you want to tell it through speaking, join the Storytellers Growth Lab on Facebook. (laughs) Like how I did that? (laughs) Listen, the point is the world is waiting for your story and you're doing no one any good by just hanging on to it. So get moving, get moving, get moving. Your story matters. 
Coming up, we've got a couple of athletes, former Redskin Brian Mitchell and former WNBA star Lisa Willis. Listen in for some storytelling goodness. I want you to join us by checking out the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and more. Share the show with your friends. Yeah, I want you to send it to them. Send an email. Send a text. Whatever you've got to do, send it to somebody. This is how we share the love. And I want to invite you to leave a ranking or rating or review on one of those podcast sites. Okay? Have a great show idea, have a guest you want interviewed, shoot me an email at podcast at robertkennedy3.com. That's podcast at robertkennedy3.com. Listen, I know that life ain't always easy, and you got a lot of stuff happening to you, but guess what? Everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, and you've been listening to The RKP Show.